On the eve of the 2023 NHL season, which is about to get underway for the LA Kings, we are very excited to welcome in longtime LA Kings TV analyst Jim Fox to get his thoughts on the upcoming season. That is next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. And don't forget to hit the little bell icon to be notified when new episodes are released. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, the past 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network, the past 16 years, the co-host of the Puck Podcast. And of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan, very excited to be taking over these, this channel for this upcoming season, we are one day away from the LA Kings season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights at Crypto.com Arena. And we are very excited to welcome in a man who has been doing LA Kings broadcast for a very long time uh, at a very, very high level. He is Jim Fox from the prime ticket days to Fox Sports West and now Valley Sports West. Also played 10 seasons in the NHL, all with the LA Kings. Jim, thank you so much for your time. I know Kings fans are always so appreciative of how generous you are with your time. And I, I know you are, uh, I follow you on Twitter, and I know you're coming off uh, a knee replacement surgery. My wife is going to have that in February. Uh, how is the recovery going? Okay, well, thanks very much, uh, Eddie. That's, yeah, uh, the recovery's going okay. I had a little bit of a hiccup, uh, about four weeks out of surgery. I had to, they had to go back in again because just to uh, repair, uh, the incision was not closing like they wanted it to. And then you get concerned about infection, all those types of things, but that's not too long of a story. They, they, everything seems to be okay. Uh, I will tell you this for your wife: uh, prepare for five days of hell. Oh, the first five days are very, very difficult. I think uh, they give you the advice and the guidance to make sure you stay ahead of the pain with your, uh, with the with the pain uh, they're giving you, the pain drugs they're giving you. But um, if I would say anything, do that. Make sure when you just start to feel it, just start to feel it. Get on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. I will. I'll make sure to let her know and uh, best of luck with your continued recovery. All right. So the LA Kings are getting ready to go. We're all very excited about this upcoming season. So let's go back, though, to the game seven loss against the Edmonton Oilers and head coach Todd McClellan made the message very clear right afterwards and continue it uh, in the offseason. Be ready to come into training camp, ready to go. There's expectations. Be ready for it. Um, has the message been received or is that something we're going to have to wait and see a little bit as the season goes along to see if the players have received that message and are following through on it? Yeah, that's, it's always, that's a difficult thing to monitor. It's an intangible. I don't think the, yes, the wins and losses will tell the story, but uh, the way I approach this season is that I'm not as concerned with the wins and losses and, and the points as much as I'm concerned with just improving. And I do expect this group to improve this year from last year. I'm not saying they're going to get more than 99 points. It might be less, but I'm just talking about overall, make sure the, you know, the power play and the penalty kill are up to stuff a little bit more, certainly than last year, but just the overall consistency, the roster coming together. This is a better group of players than the Kings have had in a long period of time. So those expectations are there because, you know, that's where they should be. Having said that, like, it's interesting. 
I, I no longer play anymore. But last year in game seven against Edmonton, you know, as a broadcaster, I go into the game. I'm, you know, I'm hoping the Kings are going to win as much as anyone. But I, I felt okay. I, I didn't feel pressure. I didn't feel any nervousness. I, I felt like, okay, you know, if the Kings win, it's a bonus. If not, they've already probably exceeded expectations. So that's where this year that type of thing will be different. Because if the success is not there, you can't just go, oh, we, we've done well anyway. You've got to keep getting better. And that's what I expect from this group. Well, we had the opening night rosters released earlier today. And uh, not a lot of surprises, I guess, going into the season as far as who's on the roster. I know Gabe Velarde had a real nice preseason. and He's in there. But I guess if there's one player that maybe some Kings fans didn't know about or getting to learn about, it's certainly the young, talented defenseman in Brant Clark. Um, he is on the roster. I assume they're going to give him the nine-day audition, if you want to call it that, to see what he does at the NHL level. Your thoughts on him and and what it's going to take for him to, to stick with the Kings this season? Well, I think the trust factor will be the biggest thing because he is a, a rover, a, the modern-day defenseman. It's, it's a position that's not necessarily defined, but uh, right D is where you just start when the puck is dropped. After that... You just go wherever you need to go to make things happen. And and Brant's like that. He has that anticipation. He has the skill. He has the agility in his skating to move the puck around. And the one thing, he's very deceptive. He re- very rarely gives you a look and ends up being what he was looking like he was going to do. No, he ends up doing something else. He's looking one way. No look pass. He's leaning one way. Pass back against the flow. All those types of things. So uh, I think he's been better than expected defensively. I know during the preseason, they've used them in penalty kill situations, uh, you know, here and there. You know, at 6'2", that's not huge, and he's not a big, you know, body by any means, but with the reach he can provide with that 6'2", I think it's important for the Kings because overall, the Kings are undersized back on the blue line. So I don't expect him to be a bruiser at the same time. I expect him to use that 6'2", and that reach, and be effective that way. So with the puck, no question whatsoever. He has to build up the trust. Yes, he can be a rover. At times, he can be a wild horse out there. But you know what? If you're a coach or a teammate, you want to know what's going to happen. And that's what he's going to have to build. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the defensive side of things in a minute. But I want to kind of keep on the theme of the younger players. And obviously, Brant Clark is a very young player. But there are other talented young players on the Kings. And I know a lot of people have high expectations for a guy like Quentin Byfield. Of course, when you're picked second overall in the draft, that comes with a lot of expectations. Um, this season, I know he's bulked up, gotten stronger in the off season. I don't know if it's fair to put a point total on somebody like Quinton Byfield for this season, but if he centers that third line for the whole year, what are your expectations of his kind of contributions this season? Well, first of all, if he does play the third line center for the whole year, that means his numbers are not going to be through the roof because he's not beginning, you know, he's not going to be getting first power play duty. He's going to be playing behind Kopitar and Deneau. Uh, his matchups will probably be a little bit better, especially at home when you're not getting the one and two uh, on the opposition's team or the other team's top two pairs as defensemen. So that's something that I think a third-line centerman can feed off of. But his his ability to hold on and possess the puck is going to be what I'm looking for. Uh, yes, he's bulked up a little bit. He still has a way to go there, but he just has to learn how to get involved and be effective in puck battles. Now, if you go back to the time he broke his ankle, uh, he was, you know, it was a weird fall into the boards, right? His, his foot went first and snapped, all those, but he was knocked off the puck preceding that because I don't think he was that used to going into puck battles. You know, he's used to beating guys with skill and with his reach and with all those types, the hands and the quick feet. I mean, for a guy who's 6'4", I mean, his, 
his agility is phenomenal. It's, it's off the charts. But just to, to, to get down, lower your body, get involved into a, you know, a battle and win that battle, or at least come out even, that's the one thing I'm looking for. I want to make sure he's strong on the puck. I think the other things will take care of itself. I see his skill. Skill is not a question. Can he be effective battling for pucks? Another younger player who's seen some time in the NHL is Arthur Kaliev. I don't think there's any question he has an above-average NHL shot. It looks like he's going to get some pretty good time on the second power play unit. Uh, your thoughts on what he can contribute offensively this season? The one thing with Arthur, and I, I am already, I'll, I'll say this, don't change a thing, Artie. Do not change a thing. He came so far compared to the beginning of last season where there were some nights early on, you know, the tempo and flow of a game, who has the puck? Where is the puck going? Anticipating that and being in the proper position. I think Artie was, there were some nights he would, the puck was going one way, he was going the other. By the end of the season, completely different. So his game grew and it matured. And he's still at a stage now where, you know, he, he doesn't need, a, he doesn't need the, the empty net to score. He just needs a loose puck because, as you mentioned, his shot is through the roof. I put a top 10% in the NHL, and he, he's just a kid as far as the NHL goes. He just shoots it so well. He shoots it hard. He shoots it fast. He shoots it quick. Keep doing that. But he has learned how to earn the trust. Remember the thing we were talking about with Brant Clark? Well, with Artie Kaliev, he has earned the trust of his teammates and his coaching staff, and that goes a long way. So I think 20-plus goals should be there for Artie. I, I don't think that's out of the realm whatsoever. I think by the end of his career, I think he's going to be 35, 40 uh, because of the way he shoots the puck. But uh, bottom line, just keep doing what you've been doing. Don't change a thing. So we've talked a little bit about the younger players. We're going to talk more about the more veteran players, including a big offseason acquisition for the Kings in just a second. But real quick, I need to tell you about Athletic Greens with one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, superfoods, probiotics and antigens to help your day off right. A special blend of ingredients help support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar and costs you less than $3 a day. It's just one scoop and a cup of water. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. More with LA Kings, longtime TV analyst and former Kings player Jim Fox. And Jim, I know there's a lot of excitement, obviously, around the big offseason acquisition for the LA Kings. Forward Kevin Fiala coming over from Minnesota, 33 goals, 85 points last season in Minnesota. Uh, what do you think Kings fans can expect from him this season? Well, I'm going to be very hard here. I'm going to be very tough on, on Kevin. Uh, I'm going to be, the expectations for me is that he would lead the Kings in scoring. That, that's it. And points, goals, just about everything that way. With Kempe, with Kopitar, I think their biggest challenge is going to make sure they shoot the puck enough because sometimes when you have that much skill on one line, you start deferring to the other guy, all those types of things. I don't expect that to happen because I think Adrian Kempe made the decision last year to be committed to his shot. Uh, talked to him many times, said he didn't work any harder on a shot, didn't you know do any extra you know, practice or drills. It was just commitment, mindset. When he decides to shoot, 100% committed. I think Fiala will be in that same boat. Kopitar takes care of the defense. Kopitar is a distributor. He'll move the puck around. But overall, with a skill set that Kevin Fiala brings, you know, if, if to me, if everything goes normal, he leads the Kings in scoring. 
Well, the Kings did have, and if you're going to include Kevin Fiala in that in that situation, a lot of players did put up some career numbers last year. Fiala, um, Philip Deneau, Adrian Kempe, Trevor Moore. Is it fair to expect those guys to have similar seasons this this year, or maybe even exceed those numbers this season? Uh, let's go similar, and then, like we were talking about earlier, this is I think the third line. Like a lot of teams, when they go from a you know the transition period the Kings were in recently to a team that's contending for a playoff spot. And then you're at the next level contending for a Stanley cup. And then you get to the highest level, which is, you know, the top four or five teams in the league. The Kings aren't there yet, but they're building that. And as I mentioned earlier, I expect them to get better every single year for the next five or six years. Uh, but it's, it's a matter of those guys, your career years last year, I, I would expect them to be okay. And around the same numbers, but third line, Byfield, Velarde, Ayafalo, if that's the group, Kaliev, seeing a lot of that duty. Fourth line, chipping in a little bit more. Then the biggest issue is this, special teams, right? There's no question about that whatsoever. Get the penalty kill back to the, you know, 15, 16, right in the middle. Same with the power play. And then all of a sudden, you're getting enough goals, you're getting enough shutdowns to win more games than you were last year. Even if the numbers drop a little bit from the guys you were talking about, I think those crunch, you know, that those situational uh, things that come up in any game where that next power play goal will win the game. Kings did not have that. I think they're going to do a better job of that this year. So I, I don't into a season. I don't. I don't want to expect all of this, you know, same type of scoring from a Dono and from a Moore and all the, all these guys and Fiala. Fiala yes, but. Um, just make sure you get help from the other lines, from below you, the bottom six. That's where I think the Kings can pick things up. And then with the special teams. And I think along those lines, maybe a guy that you mentioned, Alex Ayafalo, could be a, a big key. He gets, I don't know if you want to call it a demotion, but he goes from the, the top line down to the third line. Maybe he's much more comfortable in that role and can really kind of excel in that role. What I expect there is this. Uh, I would say he's lower in the batting order. There's no question about that. But I think his role... Well, he'll be expected to drive more offense on the third line than he was expected to do so on a higher line. Keep in mind, he will have to continue to bring the same details because that's how he's earned the respect of his teammates and his coaching staff. The little things, the ticks on pucks, they're in the right spot, breaking up plays, shutting things down. All those complimentary things he did on the top lines, those have to continue. But now he has to take it up another level. Now he has to drive more offense. He can't be just expected now on the third line to be the complimentary player. He has to be the impact player on that third line to help the other guys out. You briefly mentioned the special teams. I know the power play gets all the attention, and it wasn't good enough for the Kings last year. It's got to be better this year if they're going to go where they want to go. They brought in a new assistant at Jim Hiller to try and shore that up, and I thought they've looked really good in the preseason so far. What, have you, what are you seeing differently from the power play so far in the preseason? Well, first of all, alignment. The alignment, once they set up in the offensive zone, has changed. Kopitar is no longer on the half wall in his off wing. He's on a strong wing. Uh, I would say entries into the zone, it used to be Kempe almost exclusively. Now, I think what's happening, the Kings are more interchangeable. They're more versatile. They have more variety once they get into the zone. They don't have to get to their positions right away. They can just let it happen naturally as far as just going to a spot. Now, I think Guys are more comfortable in different positions. I think that's very important. So, And Jim Hiller mentioned it. He feels one of the most important things on any power play 
is how you adjust as the season goes along because penalty kill units adjust to what you're doing. So you got to find new ways and that's what's going to happen. But the alignments we're talking about now, that probably would help in that area because you're not fixed into a position. You know, yes, every team has set plays in a power play situation. But if you can have three options instead of just one, I think that's going to help. So that's happening right now. I've seen the Kings try to use the triangle play, meaning Kopitar on the half wall, down low beside the net, then quickly one-touch it right to the middle for a shot from a Fiala or, or an Arvidsson or someone who's there, depending on what's going on. Glade Velarde, who played the front net position in the, in the preseason. So a lot of different looks. Uh, you know, Dowdy, the first power play quarterback, perhaps Brant Clark when he's in the lineup, the second power play quarterback, a lot of movement around the blue line. So I talked to Drew the other day in practice. He feels the Kings are not necessarily moving their feet more than they were in the past, but certainly the puck is moving a lot more, a lot quicker, a lot longer, and that's changing things up. And the penalty killers have to adjust to that. All right, we've talked about the forwards. Uh, we get, need to get into the defense a little bit and, of course, the goaltending. Real quick, though, I need to let everybody know not to forget about the Locked On NHL podcast, which has you covered for all your league-wide NHL talk. A rotating cast of local hosts from the Locked On NHL channels break down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Continuing with uh, longtime LA Kings TV analyst Jim Fox and uh, talk a little bit about the defense. We did mention Brant Clark, but I think a lot of people who have been following understand that there seems to be, not seems to be, there is a number of Kings defensemen to play on the right side, not so much on the left side. Uh, we've seen Sean Walker play on the left side a bit. I know in the preseason a little bit, we saw Brant Clark and Sean Dursey a little bit. Um, could you explain, I know you played forward and not defense in the NHL, but could you explain maybe a little bit why it is preferred to have a, a right shot on the right side, a left shot on the left side? Yeah, and that is preferred by most coaches, by most assistant coaches. The first, Let's take a look at it two different ways. The, the way I look at it is the place coming at you, how you're adjusting to the rush. Well, over the years, you, you're, you're stronger when you pivot when you're on your strong side. So you're pivoting to the outside. That's usually where you pivot. And the shoulder that you lead with, if that changes, for instance, to Sean Walker, he has to change that up. It, it just throws you off a split second. You don't necessarily get the proper angles. I guess as I'm thinking about it, a, a good parallel would be in baseball, you usually want a left-hander playing first base. Because just everything is set up with the plays in front of you, your angles, the way you can position your body, the way you handle the infield. I think it's the same way when you're handling the rush as a defenseman. It's just much better to have your stick on, on the outside and handle, you know, you know, we talk about stick on puck so many If you're the other side, right, you've got to reach across your body, maybe throws off your balance a little bit. Then the other part is breakouts out of your own zone. It's, can you receive it on the, you know, usually you show your forehand to your partner and he just passes. It comes across your body. You take it. Well, a lot of times if your partner can't get that proper angle on the breakout first pass, he's going to be passing it to your backhand. And a lot of times with a lot of players, with every player, basically receive on backhand, get it to your forehand. That's a split second. And when that happens, the four checkers are on top of you and all of a sudden your angle to make the next not necessarily there. So that's what I say. You know, whether your stick is when you're defending the rush and how your partner can get you the puck when you're breaking out of a zone, that's what makes it difficult to play the offside. Obviously, it was difficult for the Kings to have to play a lot of the season last year without Drew Doughty. Uh, he's now back. I, I, I love his energy and his excitement uh, for this upcoming season. 
Uh, he just exudes that kind of thing. I know that Dustin Brown obviously is not there anymore because he's retired. I wonder, do you think Drew Doughty is a guy that maybe assumes a little bit more of that leadership role this year? I think a couple of years ago, Drew really struggled with being more of a mentor when the Kings were going through the transition, the rebuild. Uh, you know, being a mentor and at the same time expected to bring it onto the ice every night, I think it kind of threw his game off a little bit. I think two years ago, he came right back at it. Last year, I think it was back to normal. Of course, the injuries hurt him. Um, but Drew is certainly not going to change anything as far as being vocal. He's not going to change anything as far as telling the truth. And I think that's those are two things you like in a leader. You don't want some guy who's just a rah-rah. So when the, when the volume is there, when he turns up the volume, he's speaking from the heart and he's speaking the truth, the way he sees things. That might not always be correct or right or agree with what the coach, but he is telling you the way he feels. And I think that's the best thing that Drew can add to the team. Obviously, I got to mention the goaltending. Jonathan Quick is coming into the final year of his contract, two-time Stanley Cup winner, greatest goalie in Kings history. Everything that he's accomplished is is well known. And then you've got Cal Peterson, who I assume is going to be a guy who's going to have to play some important minutes for the Kings this year. With If Jonathan Quick is the one guy not carrying the – the heavy load for the whole season. Your thoughts on on the tandem of goalies for the Kings this season? Well, I think long term, you would hope that Cal gets to a position where he's he's fighting quickly, and we thought maybe that was going to happen a little bit more so last year. At least get to fifty fifty, those types of things. Um, he didn't do it, and I know Jonathan played more last year probably than people expected him. I think a little bit of that was because Cal was not handling what he was supposed to handle uh, with Jonathan quick. I'll say this hall of famer, Jonathan quick. Um, I expect him because of the way things have gone in training camp. I expect Jonathan to start the season as the number one guy. I think every team nowadays believe, especially if you're on the West coast, you need two goaltenders with the travel and the back to back. So, so you need Cal there. You need Cal to be pushing this situation. There's no question. The way I look at it is this, your GM, Right, He always has long-term in the back of his mind. No question that happens. So with Rob Blake, he wants Cal Peterson to start taking more and more. Take a bigger bite out of what's going to go on here, regardless of what Jonathan Quick's doing. Cal, take a bigger bite. It's up to you now to start showing everyone that you're consistent enough to be there, technically sound, those types of things. And if you're a head coach, it's a different outlook. Head coach is, who's going to win the game for me tonight? That's it. That's all you care about. You don't care about the long-term. So that's where, again, Quickie gets a lot of his stuff. In the back of your mind, Cal Peterson. Uh, I would go right now, I just, just thrown out numbers, 47-35 in favor of Jonathan Quick. And that's the way you look at it until Cal Peter. I think Cal has, he was known when he first came up as an extremely sound technical goaltender. And I think he is a little bit too much movement to his game right now. If he gets that down, gets back to normal, he can push it. Looking at the Kings with this upcoming season, you mentioned the 99 points. And I think a lot of Kings fans look at it this way. We, we lost, yes, we lost Dustin Brown, but we add Kevin Fiala. And pretty much the team is the same. We've got younger guys that should take a bigger role and hopefully develop and prove what they do. And so the, the Kings should be a, a better team this year because, they again, they added. They didn't really lose much. And, you know, guys are getting better, hopefully. Is that, a, is that too basic of a way to look at things? Or does that seem about right? I, that's the way I look at it. They're, they're, they are going to get better. I, I don't think there's unless something collapses this year that was unexpected. I think they will be better. Again, will they get 99 points again? I'm not sure. I think the Pacific Division is going to be a lot tougher this year than it was last year. Uh, you know, Vancouver. What they do the last 
the last under Bruce Boudreau, they had the second best winning percentage, you know, so yeah. that's not too bad. But again, you know, is Vegas going to make a resurgence again because of health and what they have back on the blue line? Their question mark is goaltending. Calgary looks good. Edmonton looks good. All the things. Seattle's going to be better. There's no question. So it's going to be tougher. But I'm just looking. There will be a point where, you know, Quentin Byfield will be your number one center. There will be that point. It's not going to happen this year. Probably not going to happen next year. But after that, like you're talking, each year, some new group is going to have to take over and take the next step and be the guy that's counted upon. And I think because the Kings are set up the way they are, because they do have the prospect pool, and also because they have the younger player pool now, guys that are on the team right now, or maybe a, a Bjornfoot and a Spence that are in Ontario, these kids can play. And as each year goes along, you know, someone's going to have to take more, but uh, I expect them to keep getting better. Uh, Jim, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be uh, – well, the good thing is I think people are going to be glued to your broadcasts every night because I think every night is going to be an important game because of the competition in the Pacific this year. It's been a little bit down. We've only had three teams getting into the playoffs recently, but I definitely see at least one wildcard team getting in this year as well. And you mentioned Vancouver and Vegas. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. I think, it's, I think that's the key to the Pacific this year. It can no longer be a 5-3 split. I think it has to go to at least a 4-4 four, four split. Kings, the Kings might be one of those wild cards. Who knows what they're going to be? Let's hope they're not. Let's hope they're even higher than that. But I think for the Pacific, uh, I think they've got to find a way to get one wild card team in at least. Jim, uh, it's been so great having you. I, I mentioned it before, but I think Kings fans really appreciate how generous you are with your time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, enjoy your work so much with the Kings on TV and, and really excited. Looking forward to this upcoming season. All right, Eddie, my pleasure. Anytime. I appreciate your time you put into it. And uh, yeah, let's just, let's be there. Let's, let's make sure we have some patience at times. But yes, the expectations are higher. They should be higher. So we have to expect the improvement from year to year. Again, thanks, Jim. And we'll be watching on Thursday when you and Alex Faust open up the broadcast uh, schedule with Fox uh, Valley Sports West uh, with the Seattle Kraken coming in on Thursday. So thank you again. All right, Eddie. Thank you. That, of course, was uh, Jim Fox, and we greatly appreciate him joining us on the show. That was uh, that was really, really appreciated. Uh, real quick before we wrap it up, um, obviously tomorrow's show will be previewing the season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights, so tune in for that. Uh, if you want to send an email on anything going on with the show, we always appreciate your feedback. It's LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. We are on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings. There's an Instagram page, if you like that, that's at LockedOnLAKings as well. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Again, I am Eddie Garcia. This has been Locked On LA Kings. Thanks for listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. We always close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.